in today's show. We're looking at the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee? I don't know why I said it that way. The Milwaukee Bucks for fantasy basketball. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram, at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free, and we're available on all platforms. It's the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks. They're good. They are the most boring team in terms of we're looking at their fantasy value. It is so boring. And I'm telling you this now. I want you to watch this show. I want you to listen to this show. They're boring. I'll try to make it fun. I'll try to do something interesting. But it's boring. It's probably going to be a short one. Maybe that's good with all the shows that are coming out at the moment as well. Hope you enjoyed or will enjoy. Don't know when this is releasing. (laughs) The mock drafts that are coming as well. So, warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> Locked on Fantasy Basketball Bowl. It's a 360-team le- uh, league for categories, 360-team league for points. One overall winner, $25 entry. The rules are linked below. You can find those. Check them out. Um, to enter, don't do it yet, but to enter, email lofbbowl at gmail.com. In the subject line, write Bucks Cats if you want in the category league. Bucks points. If you want in the points league, way higher chance of getting in the points league than the category league. So try it out. You got a chance at some big money if you do happen to be successful. You can enter both. You can be in both the category and the points league. Um, but to guarantee a spot, it is not guarantee, but to get a higher chance of getting a spot, entering the points one uh, will work for you a bit better. Um, later on in the show, I will tell you what you need to include in the body of the email a specific number or question or stat or something that you will need to include in the body of the email. So stay tuned for that. Put some funny stories, some anecdotes, something to try and sway my opinion maybe into that. All right. That's enough locked on fantasy basketball ball. We are filling up. I'm recording these shows in advance. So at the moment, I haven't sent out that many invites, but I'm going to be smashing them out over the next couple of days and getting invites out to people. But it's not first in, best dressed. We do let the show sit for a couple of days or a day, at least 24 hours, and then send the invites out. Let's talk bucks. They've got 53 games. That's okay. It's above average. 53 quality. Got- Actually, they have 82 games. They have 53 quality games. So it's above average. It's not bad for streaming. It's good value. It's, it's solid. They've got 13 back-to-backs. It's solid. I think there is a little bit of a risk with Giannis and his knee. Um, so it's good they don't have the 15 back-to-backs. Giannis has a knee problem that's an ongoing problem, and he will be managed every single season. Talking to Bucks people, spoke to Kane Pittman about it, and there's an ongoing thing where they know that, that, that he just won't play 75 games. He might not play 70 because they just want to make sure he's okay. And the good thing that the back-to-backs are at an average level versus being at 15 or, or you know, 16, which is no 16s this season. But that's good that we don't have that risk. I don't think Giannis is going to sit all back-to-backs, but I think he will sit some. There'll be some rest days for him 
for sure. And don't be surprised if he doesn't pass 70 games. That's a possibility. Their fantasy playoffs, it just fits the team. It's boring as shit. It's 11 games if you finish on March the 19th. 3-4-4. It's 11 games if you finish on March the 26th. A 4-4-3. And it's also 11 games if you finish at Yahoo default April 2nd with a 4-3-4 schedule. It's 11 games every time. Same thing always for the Bucks. Not always. Just They're boring. In the middle, average back-to-backs. Marginally above average quality games. 11 playoff games. Actually, not bad. 11 games is pretty good. It's strong. It's above average. You don't have a two-game week. You don't have a stinking 10-game or nine-game playoff situation. It's really good. So that should give you some level of um, confidence, I guess, in drafting these guys. Pressure points. What impacts the projections? Chris Middleton's return is the number one thing. He had that knee problem in the playoffs, but he's also had wrist surgery. I am not expecting him back opening night, but more sometime in November. I think Middleton is getting underdrafted in some places. I'll talk about him later with sleepers. But this is a guy, he did drop a little bit last season. He was still 34th in per game value. That's still really good. He was 49th in points leagues. So just remember, he's not as good in points leagues. That was Yahoo points leagues. He was 45th in ESPN points leagues. Not quite as good. But he's sliding probably around too far because people are worried about the injury tag. Remember the Pascal Siakam situation? I liken this to it. He might miss a month and then be rolling. And you probably get might get 15 spots of value. But he did. He's, how old is he? 31. He did drop a little bit. Some of the efficiency fell away a little bit. Um, high steal numbers aren't really there, but he's a good passer. He's a good scorer. He's a good shooter. Hits threes. Great from the line. I think he's going to be pretty solid. And there is a bit of a discount in drafting him at the moment. But of course, if that return pushes out, then it boosts the value of Drew. It boosts the value of Pat Connaughton. It boosts the value of Grayson Allen in the short term. We don't know the answer to this next one. Do they care about the regular season? I'd suspect not really. And that ties into the Giannis resting plan. It ties into not pushing Middleton to come back. It ties into being careful with Brooke Lopez or Drew Holiday. It ties into being careful with the return of Joe Ingles and the management of George Hill. Guys in and out of lineups. How hard do they actually push? You know, We've seen in the past, remember, Bud just wouldn't play guys' minutes. He's got no problem. Giannis isn't going to play 36 minutes that LeBron would play or the 36 that Darius Garland will play or the 39 that Pascal Siakam will play. They'll play 32, 33 minutes. And it keeps a little bit of the ceiling away. And then Giannis' management plan, that, that's an issue. It's a little bit of an issue. I think, you know, does he play 70 games? I don't, I don't think so. I think he sits quite a few. I would take Giannis at number two in every head-to-head category league. I would take him at number two in every head-to-head points league. With the caveats, not the right word, but with the understanding that I think Giannis can be the number one per game fantasy point player this season. And in fact, my projections have him ahead of Jokic in fantasy points per game. I would take Jokic ahead of him. Not a problem at all. I would do it every time. But Giannis should go two in every points league, two in every head-to-head category league. The free throw percentage for Giannis is a real problem. It might improve, but you have to expect that it doesn't. But I just lean into that in the head-to-head category league. You lean into it. I don't see who else is a better option at pick two. Although in saying that, we worry about Durant, we worry about Steph, we worry about Embiid. It is not crazy that Giannis plays fewer games than all of those guys. 
He might play 64 games, 65 games. That's possible. So while we look at Durant, that's a big risk. Curry, ooh, he's old. He's going to sit. Ooh, Embiid. It's Embiid. He's going to get hurt. Giannis might play fewer games than all of those players. That is absolutely distinctly possible. I would still take him at two. But he is not. Just because he's big and strong, he is not the workhorse that you think he is. The guy is going to play 78 games. He will not. He has knee problems, and that will limit him. And they do not care all that much about the regular season, and that will limit him. Be aware of that. Be aware of that. Um, I think it goes under the radar. It goes under the radar that Luka Doncic missed time last season as well. People just don't expect that. They just think, oh, they're not the guys that I know. Someone's, someone, No one's told me they're injury prone, therefore they're not. Whereas Giannis's knee is a real problem. And you know, I'm not talking Luka here, but it is a real problem. When was the question for today's Locked On Fantasy Bowl? Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl? The question is about Giannis. Drop this in the body of your email. When was the last time that Giannis played 70 games in a season? And I know I'm not not being unfair because there were some seasons that were shortened. The last time Giannis played 70 games in a season was 2018-19. He played 72 games. He played 63 the year after that in 30 minutes, 61 in 33 minutes, and 67 in 33 minutes last season. And I do think they will be cautious with him again and he'll be limited. But the answer you want in the email of the entry for the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl is 18-19. That is the last time Giannis exceeded 70 games in a season. Um, so yeah, that's the answer that you want to get yourself into the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. Bet online is the number one source for pro and college football. BetOnline.net. You can find all of the latest football league developments, college football, NFL, game matchups, news, podcasts, including all of the week three action. Green Bay fans, are they Bucks fans? Is there a crossover between Milwaukee and Green Bay? Regardless, I'm going to talk about it anyway. The Packers are two-point underdogs against the Buccaneers over at betonline.net, and all the week three action is up, and you can check it out. It is also your continued source for all sports wagering information and live betting, esports, and more. Fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports and events, it's betonline.net, and that includes Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. The breakout candidates. It's a it's it's a small list. Maybe it's Pat Connaughton. I don't really think he's got many levels to take his game. The only guy I look at here and go, maybe he forces a role is Sandro Mamu Kalashvili. Thought he played well at summer league. He's still on a two way. But as a backup to Giannis, could he find an every night rotation role? Should they play him? Yes. Should they play him ahead of Thanasis Antetokounmpo? They didn't last season. And when I say breakout, it just means I think I think Mamu can do more than he did last season where he was 429th and played 10 minutes. I think he can play more minutes than that. And, you know, I think that's worthy of mentioning, especially if Giannis is going to miss time, that Mamu might be able to put up some okay numbers as a stream option, as a DFS option, as a player prop option, 
Just watch to see where he sits in the rotation. Is he behind Thanasis again? Or is he a regular every night? Or is Bobby Portis getting all those minutes? Or is you know, can Sandro get into that rotation and improve on his production somewhat? We hope so. Sleepers. There are a few. There are a few. I think Drew Holiday is being underrated. He's going at 46 on Yahoo. He's at 42 on Fantrax. He's at 34 on ESPN. And 30, credit to ESPN, 34 is about right. He was the 31st ranked player last season per game despite ankle injuries at the start of the season holding him back. He's not much like uh, much like Middleton. He's not as good as a points league player than he is as a category league player, Drew. Although in ESPN points, I think he's about the same as he in categories. The efficiency benefits him. He's 32. So a drop-off could come at any point. But because of his size and strength, because of his efficiency, I think he's going to be safe for at least another year. But whenever... I'm going to do a study on this, maybe next offseason. The age of drop-offs of players. Just to see what we find. Drew is a, you know, I think, relatively safe player. A relatively safe third-round guy who you can get in some situations, according to that Yahoo ADP, that means in round five sometimes. Because that's average, right? So round five starts pick 49. If your average is 46, you're going later than 46. So he's a round five available player sometimes. I think that's pretty valuable. Chris Middleton has an ADP on ESPN at 55. We said before he was the 34th ranked player. I know he's going to miss the start of the year. Yahoo's got him at 46. Fantrax got him at 47. Still a little bit of value in that, but 55 on ESPN is really good value. Now, in a points league, that's not really value. That's about where he should be drafted, and then you're taking injury risk on. So in a points league, I probably wouldn't bother with Chris if I have to pick him around 47 or even 55 on ESPN. The injury, and then there's no upside in that. But in a category league, if I'm on ESPN, he's going at 55. This is probably a mid to early fourth round player that I'm getting here mid-fifth round. That's nice value. It's hard to find centers. It's hard to find good centers. You're probably not finding a good center here, but you're finding a solid one, and that's Brooke Lopez, who did miss a lot of last season with a back injury, but I assume he's fine and ready to go. Now, he, like every one of these players, is old. He's 35. Sorry, he's 34. He'll turn 35 in six months, end of the season. But he's going to start. He will play you know, 25 to 27 minutes. He'll block some shots. He'll hit some threes. He'll be good with his percentage. He's not a great rebounder, but he's solid enough. I think he's being underrated somewhat. His fan tracks ADP is 127. I think you'd go a little bit higher than that. His Yahoo is at 115, probably a little bit higher than that. But his ESPN ADP is 139, and his rank on ESPN is 219. That's like last round stuff. Now, in a points league, I actually don't like him really at those picks. Even ESPN points, ESPN points league, there's a bit of value. But for Yahoo points leagues, I don't really like him at those spots. Category leagues, I do. And then, while I, I don't think this guy is particularly good, Grayson Allen doesn't have a Yahoo ADP. By the way, he was 171st in 27 minutes last year. He's at 270 on fan tracks, and he's ranked 208th on ESPN. And if Middleton's going to miss time, there are more minutes available for Grayson Allen. And he had that really hot shooting start last season, benefited from Drew Holiday being out, and he's going to have an early season benefit from the absence of Middleton. Now, I'm just thinking about something. Um, you know, Is he worthy of having a crack? Just yet, 
27 minutes is not great from last season. Um, 20, 171st is not great. But with the expectation that there is an absence of Middleton to begin the season, maybe Allen's worth using your last round pick as if it's a waiver wire ad. You add him, you use him for the first couple of weeks. He might give you top 120, maybe higher, and then you move on. Because it's not like there's ready-made replacements. I don't think Beauchamp is replacing him. I don't think Carter is. I don't think AJ Green on a two-way is. Joe Ingles isn't ready. Where's Matthews? We'll get some minutes. But with Middleton out, there's that opening there. So I think Allen at 270, unranked on Yahoo, un-ADP'd on Yahoo, and outside top 200 on ESPN, that's pretty interesting to me. Um, in a points league, or sorry, let's look, but points league category, no one really stands out. Busts, categories, Bobby Portis is too high. 107, Yahoo, 103, Fantrax, 101, ESPN. Basically, drafters across the three main sites agree that Bobby Portis should go around round nine. And I disagree. Bobby Portis was 76th in category leagues last season. That's really, really good. That was as the starting center for 70 games. And he, outside of an injury to Brook Lopez, will not do that this season. He is a very, very, he's an elite shooter. Unbelievably good shooter. He scores pretty well. He rebounds well. Steals, blocks, assists are non-existent. Doesn't really get to the line. He's a bad free throw shooter. For being a good three-point shooter, his field goal percentage isn't sky high. And he just isn't going to do what he did last season. So I'll happily take him at the end of round 10. But at 100, I'm not interested in it. Now, in a points league, that's totally fine. In a points league, he's a much better option, and you draft him around this area. And in, to be honest, in a category league, finding points contribu- contributors, that's the word, can be hard. Like guys who contribute in the points category. So maybe you do it here. I just think that's too high, despite what he did last season. Guys that we consider for the last round, it's probably only Grayson Allen. Not taking George Hill or Javon or Sandro or anyone like that. It's probably just Grayson for the reasons I just outlined that Chris is going to be out and Grayson is probably going to see an increased offensive responsibility, a few extra minutes initially until Middleton returns and then he'll still probably start, but instead of 30 minutes, he might play 27 and that reduces his value. So I do like him as a last round pick in certain circumstances. Let's look at the roster. Talked about Drew, Grayson, Chris, Giannis and Brooke. Talked about Bob Portis. The other guy who might get a chance to start here is Pat Connaughton. In fact, I'm pretty certain he will start over Chris Middleton, or so instead of Chris Middleton while he's hurt. There are some who think he'll start over Grayson Allen. I'm not that convinced with that. Connaughton was pretty solid last season, 164th in category leagues in 26 minutes, worse in points leagues, but he did it on the back of some really good shooting that I'm not 100% convinced remains. He is getting drafted, Connaughton, 139 on Yahoo!, He's ranked 189th on ESPN, but he doesn't have a Fantrax ADP. But much like the Grayson Allen pick, if you think Connaughton's going to start with Middleton out, which I do, you can take him. Well, maybe I should have had him on that side. That You can take him with your last round pick and see what happens for those first couple of weeks. I don't think he maintains. I think his upside is relatively low, Connaughton. But there is some upside here, at least in the short term. He can hit some threes. He can score a little bit. He gets some steals. And it's going to be elevated in the first few weeks of the season. Joe Ingles tore his ACL. He won't be back until January, maybe February, I would guess. 
and then it's going to be a slow ramp up. He'd already dropped off significantly, and his minutes are going to be limited. There is no justification for drafting Joe Ingles. He's Yahoo ranks 302, but somehow he's got an ADP of 151. His rank on ESPN is 173. I Joe Ingles wasn't even top 250 last season in category leagues. There is no reason to be looking at him, a player who's going to miss half the season, inside the top 200. Absolutely no justification for it at all. George Hill's going to miss a lot of time. Ideally, they'd find someone to replace him. They haven't yet. He's 36 years of age. Occasionally, if Drew's out, you can have a look at him as a maybe assistant steel streamer, but he's lost so much of his value recently. We've talked Sandro already. Serge Barker plays for this team. He's a third-string center. I don't expect Serge plays every single night. There'll be some nights that he plays, but I reckon that back surgery and the fact that he is 33 also, it's washed him. Like He's lost so much value. Occasionally, he can be a block streamer, but he has lost a lot of that high block potential or high block value that he had earlier in his career. He can occasionally have a good scoring night, but the role's just not going to be there for Serge. I don't think he plays every single night. Javon Carter, really good defensive guard. Occasionally flashes shooting ability, but yeah, ideally, what's what's he doing? Like, I don't think he's going to play over Grayson Allen. He could, but if he does, I don't really want to touch him for fantasy. He was 408th last season in 14 minutes. Beauchamp, the rookie. Can he shoot? I don't think so. Can he actually defend? Well, he struggled there defensively in summer league. With Carter, with Hill, with Allen, with Ingles, with Connaughton, and Wes Matthews. I haven't even talked Wes Matthews. I don't really need to. Um, like, there's not much There's not much upside there for Beauchamp. Yeah, Matthews is going to play, but he's old, and he, his days of being a fantasy contributor are long in the rearview mirror. There's Thanasis Antetokounmpo, who's back. I don't think we see much of him. Then there's AJ Green uh, on a two-way, who is a rookie, but he's 23. Don't expect to see him much. And then there's Luca Vildoza and Lindell Wigington, who are sort of battling for that last roster spot to be completely irrelevant as the season moves on. I told you this team was pretty boring. Follow me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're here on YouTube, you know what to do. You thumb it up. You leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.